This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. All right, I want to bring you a message entitled Scratched today. Scratched. Um, how many of you know what that is on the screen? For those of you that are a certain age, before MP3, before CD, before cassette, before 8-track, we had something called a record. And ever so often, one of them got How many ever had your favorite record get scratched? You know what I'm talking about? One of them got scratched. All right. Well, let's read from Luke chapter 9, verse 23, and then we're going to say a prayer together. I'm just so honored to get to bring you this message today. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. My only concern about this message is somehow I cannot do it justice. God's truth is is upon us this morning. Luke chapter 9, verse number 23 says, Then he said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save, notice this, their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for our new friends that we've met today. And thank you for our family that has joined here together. Speak to our hearts. Lord, let my inabilities move out of the way. And that your abilities Show up and show yourself strong for your children here today. Thank you for your favor. In Jesus' name, amen. I have been, in both services, or the last two services, I've been tempted here to say privileged, but the word is not privileged. I have been affected by being able to visit both the national and Washington, D.C., Holocaust Memorial, and I have on two occasions walked into Yad Hashem in Jerusalem. When you go to one of these places, you enter a spectator, but somewhere in the middle of the pain, as you pass rooms full of shoes of the victims, you pass their possessions, their Treasures, as you see their pictures, somewhere you stop spectating and you start embracing and becoming a part. As you walk through this environment, you cannot help but to be affected. There are seats along the way for those who become overwhelmed and there is almost a holy hush in the environment. As you remember the millions who gave their life. In Boston, Massachusetts, on the street, there is set up a memorial for the Holocaust victims that is consists of six great towers. And all six of those towers are made of glass. And, and when you write on glass, they call it etching, but the, but the reality is you're scratching into the glass. On all six of those towers, there are 
words engraved or scratched. On all six of those towers, uh, uh, they, they, they have uh, stories that are told. And on the first five of those towers, if you were to, to go there and to walk down that street and begin to read on those towers, you would read on the first five, and one of our, our attendees in our last service has been by there, and as you would begin to read, you would read on those towers uh, uh, the, the stories of the, those who were killed because there, six, because there were six uh, death camps. Six, they called them extermination camps. And, and all of those, out of those six, on five of those towers, they tell you about the horror of those, the, the ghettos and the, the horror of the, of, uh, uh, the atrocities that were committed upon the Jewish people. They, they talk to you about the, the numbers that were murdered and what they had to give up. They, they talk to you about those scientific experiments that were placed upon humans because of, uh, their considered inferiority by the people who had taken them captive. They, they it talks about all the horrible things and as you start on one end and you start moving to the other end you are so shaken emotionally that you become part of the story and as you you stand there and view those towers you are almost overwhelmed because of the the pain that they emit telling you of what happened to the Jewish people but not on the sixth tower on the sixth tower there is a different story on the sixth tower, there is a story, a short story that has been penned, written by a young woman named Gerda Wiseman. And Gerda Wiseman was, was pulled away from her mother at 15 years of age, and her mother was sent to the death camp to one of these six to be exterminated, and she was sent to a concentration camp to begin to work, and she would endure and survive through the concentration camps, and, and she would then be sent on a 350 mile walk called a death walk, and they were trying to uh, death march her all the way into the ground, and, and when she finally finished that death march, and she would be liberated by Americans, uh, uh, an American soldier would find her and he, she would be merely 68 pounds. A beautiful story would emerge. He would care for her, nourish, nourish her. She and he would keep in contact and fall in love and a true love story was born as they would eventually marry. She moved here. And Gerda Wiseman wrote this simple story called One Raspberry that is put upon that tower. And here is that story. She wrote, Ilsa, a childhood friend of mine, once found a raspberry in the camp and carried it in her pocket all day to present to me that night on a leaf. Imagine a world in which your entire possession is one raspberry and you give it to your friend. For you see, the true measure of a gift is what you gave up. To give it. Now, when you go to this place and people view this monument, they begin to be shaken to feel the connection. They begin to feel the pain because of the own pains of their life. They begin to, to have a, not a camaraderie, but a, a, a sense of understanding between them and these victims as they're, they're moving along. But as they come to that sixth tower, some people don't think the sixth tower should even be there or, or it should even uh, shine as a, as a beacon of hope in the middle of all of this darkness because they can't understand how that you could have all of this pain and then suddenly this one story about light shining in the darkness, what place does it have in the middle of all the pain? pain. They can't understand. I mean, many of us would walk up and think, oh, the horrible, horrible, and, and we embrace it. And then we would say, oh, we see the light that can even shine out of the darkest places. We, we would see that. We would get it. 
But here's the problem. Many people don't get it, and I feel the Holy Spirit as I'm saying this to you. They don't get why you would have a tower of hope in the middle of all the darkness. They don't understand why you would want to have something saying there is a better life in the middle of all the darkness because their their lives are controlled by the darkness. Here's what I, I fear this morning. I fear that many of us live very much the same way. We all have towers in our lives. And I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, God sent me with a message for somebody today. We all have built towers in our lives that represent things that have been sent to destroy us or represent things that have wanted to, uh, to, to cause you to live the rest of your life scarred and in pain and, and struggling. And we all have these things in our life and etched in them or scratched in them are all of the, the, the stories and the moments of your life that have been painful to you. And as you begin to view those things, you, you, be, you understand and you, you understand why this hurt and what that problem was and you understand all of this pain and, and maybe you don't understand where the hope comes in, but I hope by the end of this sermon that you can get that this morning because many of us live our lives so bound by yesterday's scratches. You see, every time we feel like we're about to get a little hope, something happens and we end up running back and we end up, oh, no, 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 remember when that happened to me, I, I can't trust and love again because that person hurt me so bad. I can't, I can't, I can't succeed because, because I, I can't go there because I failed so bad and, and, and to make it worse, I put scratches on somebody else's life. We can't move forward into the hope of the sixth tower because we're so focused on the, the pain that we've caused in the five other towers. We're so focused. I don't feel like you're alone here. I believe if we collectively were to add up all the pain, we'd have some really big towers. But I also believe we'd have some great successes. There's some stories in this house that make really good movies. Amen? How many feel like your life might be a blockbuster? Come on now. We all have been through something. We all have struggled pains. And as we scan the towers of pain in our lives, we see those places that, that we thought maybe were for our good and they end up almost destroying us or, or things that came to destroy us that ended up being for our good and, and it's engraved on the, the etched on our lives. You see, each of these places have become something more than we could imagine. Those scratches have become uh, uh, guiding places in our lives. They've become moments that determine who we are. Let me, let me try to explain this to you a little better. Around your eyes, you have a process that occurs uh, from very small muscles. And these muscles, they, they're called microcicades. And microcicades fire about 100,000 times every day around your eyes. And these microcicades, what they do is we don't know everything that they accomplish, but we do know that what they do is determine what you can focus on. They determine what you can see clearly. They help you decide what you see out in front of you. And I don't know who you are, but I feel the Spirit of God as I'm saying this to you because some of you don't understand that it has been something that has been scratched in your past that has become the, the psychological microcicades of your life that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, every time you try to view the chance to go forward, every Every time you try to view the step forward in your life, those things begin to tweak what you're seeing. They begin to tweak every reaction. Your boss can't even talk to you without you wondering what he's really trying to say. Why? Because the microcicades of your psychological mind are tweaking what you're seeing and you can't get free because the scratches of yesterday are still ruining the song you're trying to listen to today. Amen. I believe what I'm preaching to you today. I believe it with all this in me that God wants you to be free from all of those things. You know, Pastor Don, I, I don't have those problems. Let me just explain a couple of them to you. 
somewhere about second grade, you had the answer. You knew the right answer in class, and you were so excited. You were so excited. You threw your hand up in class, and you blurted out the answer when your name was called, and it was wrong, and everybody giggled. Oh, Pastor, I'm not messed up like that. But here's the problem. Now... You're sitting in the boardroom and you know the answer, but you're afraid to raise your hand that would give you your promotion because you don't want everybody to laugh at you again. Am I making sense to anybody? Sometimes we're like, oh, don't laugh at me. Don't you want to make me mad? Laugh at me. That's because the microcircadies of your psychological being are going back to the scratches of what happened to you yesterday. It's not only negative, though. Somewhere right in here, you were playing junior high ball. It's the final quarter. You're down to the end of everything. You dribble down. You shoot. And what happens? You score the winning three-point. And somewhere you made a scratch in your life right there that said, when everything goes wrong, just get me the ball. I'm the guy. And in life, when everybody else shrinks back, you fall back to that scratch. And suddenly, you... Feel like you can do it. Well, there are a lot of things that are speaking to you by those scratches. Whether you like it or not, some of you can't commit because you were abandoned. Some of you won't let yourself win because of the scratches of your own failure. Some of you, there's a scratch somewhere back here that says, um, tell me I can't and I'll prove to you that I can and your whole life is being dictated by scratches. Now think about that for just a moment. What if you're listening to a record? Now, some of you kids won't understand this. But what if you're listening to your favorite record back in the day, and all of a sudden it hits a scratch? What do you hear? Your song is ruined. So what choices do you have? Well, you pick up the needle... And you move it to the next song, unless you're good. And if you're really, really good, you can knock the side of that record player. How do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and it just goes over the damage spot. It just goes past. You see, that's the way we live our lives, folks. We're moving along until one day one of our past problems suddenly causes a catch. And then we have a choice. We can move on, and we can skip over those relationships and leave them behind. We can abandon that job that we've worked so hard at. We can, we can give up on the commitments that we've made because we've hit a scratch in our life, or, or, or we just give it a nudge and we learn to live without whatever part we skipped. You know what I thought about that? I thought about an old record that I had and how I maybe didn't know the real words of that because it was so scratched up. Everybody else had the song they knew, and I had the song that I had learned to live with. I think some of you could have a better song if you could leave the towers where they belong. So what do we do about this? I mean, what do we do about the fact that... <sighs> the Lord made me get real vulnerable last service. I've been praying I wouldn't have to this service. But there are areas of my life that are so scratched that when somebody does a certain thing, it throws up an abandonment issue in my life that literally I, it's all I can do to control myself. And when they do this, it, bring, it brings me back to the, the little boy that, that, that was, it happened to there and the, the young man it happened to there. And, and, and it brings me back to those scratches and I say, here we go again. 
And that abandonment issue starts screaming with everything in me. Feeling unworthy for anybody to actually hang with long term. And when that begins to scream in my life, it begins to affect how I view every moment and every decision. So when all these things are happening in our lives, what hope is there? Well, the hope's in the sixth tower of our life. For Luke chapter 9, verse number 23, this is what Jesus said. Then He said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, himself, see the root word self, and take up their cross daily and follow me. Okay, oh, what does that verse have to do with? Well, for whoever wants to save their, what's that word? Life will lose it. But whoever loses their life will, lose their life for me, will save it. So the word there is life. So if I'm living my life and I'm somewhere right about here and that's my past, that's my past life. This is my life up to now. And if I were to say to someone, oh, I've never experienced this in my life. And as I've always heard the scripture, this is a scripture that we use to talk about don't be selfish, don't be selfish, to give up your selfish ways. But this is what Jesus showed me this week, that this is so much about all the towers of your life that have held you back. Because what he's saying is this, he's saying unless you're willing to give up your old life, your life, see it was in your lifetime that daddy walked out. It was in your lifetime that someone hurts you. It was in your... Am I making sense to anybody this morning? It was in your lifetime that these things began to happen. And this is the story of your life. And what Jesus says is this. He says, that has been determining how you see your future far too long. Because every time somebody dares says that you can have hope and you can have a future and you can actually be happy and you can actually have joy, one of these scratches stops the song that you're listening to. And what Jesus says is, I can take every pain, every struggle, every scratch, and I can set you free and you can let it all go in Jesus' name. Some of you couldn't love your spouse the way you wanted to. You can't love your children the way you want to. You can't love your grandchildren the way you want to because what somebody did back here, but Jesus sent me with a message to tell you there's hope in the cross of Jesus Christ so you can be forgiven and you can be healed. How do I get rid of this junk that's followed me all of my life at the sixth tower of hope and the hope that beams for us is in that Scripture? Let Him take up His... Nobody likes that word. Nobody likes the message of the cross. But the cross is essential. It's imperative for us to understand that when we come to Jesus, we have to look at what He offers us and it all starts at the cross. Here's the hope. When I make a decision for my life, I have to say, okay, what's it going to cost me? What from back here am I going to have to let go of? And then I have to say, am I worthy to go forward? But Jesus says... All right, you've got to come to a cross every day. And at the cross, every day you make a decision. Am I going to let that determine what I see or this determine what I see? 
Am I going to allow what happened to me then to continue to be the way that I respond now? Or let me just rephrase this. Am I going to be the same? Let's go further than five or six. Let's look back generations and your granddaddy did it and your daddy did it and now you're doing it and you say that's just the way it's always been. But Jesus says that may have been the life you knew and it may have been the life they knew, but if you will come to the cross, it doesn't have to be the life you have now because he took everything you brought and everything they brought and everything you brought. Jesus took it all to one place. It was called the cross and he brought it all there and he nailed it there so that it does not have the right to go to the other side of our lives. Do you know why most people don't like the sixth tower? The reason they don't like the sixth tower is because they understand the pain. They understand the pain. They understand the pain. But they don't understand the simplicity of the story that says, in the middle of a great darkness, light still shone. And people pass the cross because it just seems too simple. What good does it do to bring my needs to a foot of an old cross? I'll tell you what good it does. It sets you free. It delivers you. And it stops the curse because the curse cannot cross the cross. Amen. I'm trying to behave, but I'm preaching liberty for somebody. I'm preaching freedom for somebody. Jesus wants you to walk in the hope of the cross of Jesus Christ. Because what it tells you is, it might have been scratched, but now I'm not determined by my scratches. I'm determined by His stripes, and I am healed in Jesus' name. I wish you'd praise Him like He deserves this morning. Amen. You see, the gain of the cross, it may cost you something to have to let that pain go, but the gain of the cross far outweighs the cost of the cross. Here's what Hebrews chapter 12 said. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross. Listen to me. Some of you are stuck back here somewhere because you didn't know your daddy. And you want to be a good daddy. And you don't know how to become that because this is all you know is the pain and the problems and the struggles. And Matt was sharing the other day in his testimony that that's where he lived. The only dad he knew was drunk. And, and, and I don't know how many times I've heard that story over and over again in my life. How do I become a good man? How do I become something when all I have is the pain and the struggles and the scratches? You find your way to the foot of Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary and you begin to make this decision. I can let that control me or I can let the cross control me. I can let what Jesus did control me or what they did control me. And I have made up my mind. They have controlled me long enough. Jesus is my hope and He is the one at the kingdom of my heart and the kingdom of my life. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Don, why are you so passionate about this? Because your towers have been destroying you. But there's hope in the cross. Fear has enslaved us and causes us to stay bound in yesterday's scratched existence. But the cross gives me hope of freedom. The motivation that has me returning to the scratches cannot compare to the joy I find in Jesus. Pastor Donnie, it cannot be that simple. Why does it have to be hard and complicated? Let me tell you what the Holy Spirit just put in my heart. The reason, if I... If I told you that you could feel better about what you did if you emptied your bank account out, some of you'd be like, oh, finally I know the price. If I told you that 
whatever you did is going to make you have cancer, you go, okay, all right, finally I'm paying, getting what I deserve. Oh, you don't think people feel that way when they get a bad diagnosis? I stood in a courtroom not long ago and heard the judge say, I have to punish you or you won't accept the forgiveness that is given to you. We feel like we somehow have to pay it. The problem is this, and I'm, I'm ruining the end of this message, but somebody needs to get this. The problem is this. We see the value of all of this, but we miss the value of this. It's that simple. What did the little girl do? She took a raspberry, she put it on a leaf, and she offered the most precious thing she could ever have to the other little girl. What did God do? He took the most precious thing He had, His only begotten Son, and put Him on a cross and offered Him to us. Jesus was the great gift. You don't measure a gift by its size. You measure a gift by what it cost you to give it. And I want you to get this simple truth. If you've missed nothing else, you get this simple truth. Jesus gave it all so you could leave it all behind. Do you value what He did? See, you're looking at all your scratches thinking, I've got to pay for this. I need to, I need to be lonely for five more years. I, I, I need to have no joy. I can't let myself be happy. I can't, I can't let myself get... Am I making sense to anybody? But Jesus says, no, 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 you don't understand. I paid the price. I took it all at the cross. And if every day I embrace the cross, and instead of being who I was, I become who He wants me to be. Instead of living by those things determining what I see, I let the cross determine what I see. Everything begins to change. Because then I move on to the Tower of Hope that is called the Old Rugged Cross that changes your life forever. Just stand there. Would you just go ahead and bow your head? I want to say that last statement that I, I said is so powerful to you again. I want you to get this. As a matter of fact, this may be one of the quotes that I want to be known for in my life. Jesus gave it all so you could leave it all behind. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.